0: Grab my phone and share it on Facebook. Go. <laughs> what? Oh, shoot. There's a lot of chords. <laughs> okay. Oh, no.
1: CFC, A minor, CDG. grown. C, F, C is the minor, A minor,
2: C. Oh
1: A minor is the last one, and F, A minor, A minor, and Oh, this is gonna be terrible. Oh, I feel Hi. like
2: I want to stay keeping G. You know, God's grace punch me to victory beneath the cleansing flood. We're gonna keep it on C. We're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna
1: go with what that was. Alright. We're just gonna go with it. Dear Lord Jesus, please magically move my hands to where they're supposed to go. Amen to that. But not using magic, because we know it's not magic. <laughs>
0: Have grace on <laughs> me and put my brain where it needs to be.
1: <laughs> oh Lord Jesus, Make my connect
0: Lord. my brain to my fingers. I've been playing for so long, I should know what chord comes next.
1: <laughs> I, <know>. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I just don't. I just don't. Uh. There's power and wonder-working power in the precious blood of the Lamb. Uh,
0: Would you do service for Jesus our King? <laughs> I'm sorry world.
1: <laughs> oh no. Oh man, okay. All right. Even hear that. <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> cute. That's cute. <clears throat> oh no. <laughs> Good morning everybody. We are seeing. Um, we are so thankful for the sunshine. I hope you are too. Would you please stand where you are? You're in your homes. I hope. Uh, (laughs) Please stand with us as we praise the Lord.
2: And then I cry you do service for Jesus your King. There's power in the blood, power in the blood. Would you live daily his praises to
3: Good way to start the Lord's Day today. Hope you're tuned in and ready to receive a blessing as we worship the Lord together, as we learn from the Word of God. Welcome to First Baptist Church, Coronado, California, COVID 19 under wraps, staying at home Sunday, number six. So we're glad you're here. You know that song, There's Power in the Blood? They're saying if someone has been exposed to the coronavirus and they developed immunity to it, that their plasma, which comes out of the blood, could actually be used to help others. Well, Jesus' antibodies against sin cures everyone, so when you trust Christ as your personal Savior, there's an incredible power in the blood of the Lamb of God. I hope that you're one of His. I hope you belong to Him. We're glad to have you here this morning. We're going to be preaching on a topic that I'm excited about, Will Heaven Be Boring?, And a lot of people talk like it's going to be just a dreary place of just forever, ever, ever, ever of doing nothing, sitting on a cloud, strumming a harp, and that's not what it is at all, I don't think, according to the Word of God. So we'll explore that in a few minutes. I want to remind you the church is closed through the week. Uh, Next Sunday we'll be preaching on ultimate makeovers this old world is going to be changed dynamically. Animal life is going to be changed dynamically. Human beings are going to be changed dynamically in the new creation. Ultimate makeovers in our series on heaven next week. Once you to be praying. Pray for our people. Uh, we've got a couple of folks I want you to pray for specifically in a moment. Coming up I think Gordy said May the 7th is National Day of Prayer, uh, Thursday, a week from this Thursday, I believe. So uh, let's make sure that we set aside some time on that day to uh, intercede in behalf of our country and our world and to pray for God's will to be done through all of this. I want to also encourage members to give through the U.S. Mail or uh, online at our website, if you could, at fbcoronado.com. Please be faithful to God. Let us know about our services. If you need something, if we can be of help to you, please let us know. And this is the point where the last six weeks and a half I've been reading the bulletin that would be printed normally that we hand out. <clears throat> so I, I've entitled this one, Will Heaven Be Boring? Same title as the message. I suppose if you think heaven will be nothing more than time without end, sitting on a cloud, pay, playing a harp 24-7, I can see how you might think heaven will be boring. Today I will preach on why it will not be boring, and here are a few of the thoughts that I had that didn't make it into the main message. One minute after uh, a believer dies, first of all, angels usher your soul into heaven, according to Luke chapter 16, verse 22. You immediately enter God's presence, 2 Corinthians 5, 6, 7, and 8. Uh, You are conscious, verses 19 through 31. You participate in magnificent worship with angels and believers before the throne of God and His Son, according to Revelations chapter, chapters 4 and 5. Uh, one minute after you die, you are aware to some degree of activities and events on the earth. Revelation 6, 9, and through 10. You will then recognize and communicate with believers who preceded you into heaven. Luke chapter 9, verses 28 through 36. The Bible tells us there's no need for the Son. Or the moon in heaven, there is no night there. God is the perpetual light source. Perhaps the reality of no night offers another piece of evidence that heaven won't be boring because we will never tire of heaven's beauty, heaven's activity, and heaven's awesomeness. We will need no rest from the glory of eternal life with Jesus. By the way, hell won't be boring either, but that's another story altogether. Make your plans to go to heaven uh, and, and just enjoy the blessings that we're going to talk about in a few minutes and so many, many more. Let's bow our heads right now and pray. Our fathers, we come to you this morning. Lord, we're so thankful that we can still meet on the Lord's Day, even though it's in a modified way, in a different way than our fathers or forefathers would have ever imagined or guessed. Father, I'm so thankful that you have protected and blessed us to this point. Thank you for the health that each one of us have. Lord, I remember Brandy and Brody today, that you would bless them and that you would help him to recover thoroughly from this uh, virus and that his wife would test uh, negative for it. Lord, we pray for Gary and for Rachel and uh, for their specific needs physically and otherwise. We pray, God, for uh, the friends that we've had for a lifetime, Pat and Larry, that you would comfort them and take care of them and provide their needs in every which way. Father, we ask you to bless the music and the worship as we sing praises to your name today, and then, Father, may the words that we say be words that you once said to give a little bit of a peek into what heaven is going to be like. Lord, thank you for providing heaven for us. Thank you for providing your son so that we might go there one day. We thank you for these things in the name of Christ our Savior. Amen. God bless you. Would you continue to worship us as worship with us as we go to God in song? Thank you, Katie. Thank you, Shira. Thank you, Nick, for making this all possible, putting it on Facebook, and we appreciate it. And thank you very much. Now, moms and dads, uh, if you'll get your Bibles, get your kids ready to watch the the Kids' Minute message first in just a moment. But if you'll turn to Psalm chapter sixteen and Second Corinthians chapter twelve. You'll be ready for the message that will follow after the kids' message. But uh, I'm going to talk to the children of First Baptist Church, first of all. So all you kids, gather around and pay attention. I know something. This is going to answer a question a lot of you have about heaven. One of the things that kids ask most about, will will there be animals in heaven? First of all, how many of you kids like animals? Let me see your hands. All right. All of, all of you like animals? Okay, all of you like animals? How many of you, your favorite animal is a horse? Oh, okay, all right, yeah. And, and what about dogs? Now, we have two puppy dogs at home, and I was going to bring them, but it's going to be hot around here today, and we didn't want to leave them in the car, so we brought a substitute doggie uh, right here. That uh, I figure would would be as an illustration here for you, because you some of you have puppies like this. It's got ears, it's got a tail, it's got a mouth, it's got a nose, it's got eyeballs. But you know what? This is not as much fun as a real puppy. We've got and they're just and I love my dogs, but some of you are not dog people. You're kitty cat people. How many of you have kitty cats? Okay. Oh, some of you have dogs and kitty cats. I see that. All right. Uh, and and how many of you like birds? Huh? How many of you like snakes? Yeah, guys, okay. How many of you like duck-billed platypuses? No? Okay, all right. In different stories in the Word of God, God uses different animals to teach lessons and to help fulfill his perfect will. For example, he used ravens to feed the prophet Elijah. Isn't that amazing? Every day they would bring him food, these birds would, to feed Elijah. He used a great fish to swallow up Jonah when Jonah was not serving God and running away from God. He used a dove with Noah. Noah let a dove out, and when the dove didn't come back, he knew that the waters of the flood had receded, so he was able to go ahead and get out of the ark. Um, He used a small fish with a, a gold coin in his mouth to pay The taxes for Jesus and the disciples, I kind of wish we had those kind of fish in the bay here in San Diego. We could pay our taxes with that. He used donkeys with Balaam, one of my favorite stories in the entire Bible. It just cracks me up every time I read about Balaam talking to, uh, to his donkey and the donkey talking back to him. And it just just seems funny to me. And he used the donkey with Jesus when he rode into Jerusalem uh, on Palm Sunday. And he used the idea of sheep, of course, in Psalm 23. So the question is, will there be animals in heaven, boys and girls? Well, I want you to think about this. When God created Adam, he put him in a garden. And in that garden were what? Besides a lot of plants, there were what? That's right, a whole lot of animals. He created the animals and had Adam name all of the animals. And then when God saved Noah and his family from the worldwide flood, what was all around them in the ark? Yep, animals. God saved the animals from the flood too. When Jesus was born, he was born in Bethlehem in what? In a stable. And what is kept in a stable? animals. And one day, the Bible tells us in the book of Isaiah, several places, chapter 11, chapter 65, chapter 66, that God is going to recreate a new heaven and new earth, what we're going to preach about next week, and, and that there are going to be animals there. So in my opinion, and, and from reading the scriptures that I just referenced and the, some of the Bible stories that we know, God must really love animals. God created so many different kinds And you know, some of them, like the lion and the power and the royalty of God himself. And a lamb was used as a symbol of gentleness and servanthood and sacrifice, like Jesus, God's only begotten son. And the horse was one of strength and courage and a burden bearer, kind of like the Holy Spirit of God. So do I think there are going to be animals in heaven? Absolutely. I believe there are going to be animals in heaven. What about some of your pets? We're going to talk about that another time. But for right now, I want you to know that God's preparing a wonderful place called heaven, and he wants all of you boys and girls to be there. And if you have never asked Jesus to be your Savior, to forgive you of your sins, then you need to do that right now so that heaven can be your home too. God bless you guys. All right, moms and dads, last week we began a short series on heaven. We talked about heaven going to be a real place, not some kind of a... Uh, mythical, spiritual, mystical place, but a real, uh, real place where people will be there, real people. I <clears throat> also made reference to some epitaphs, and I, I want to share another one with you today. And this one was written, says, Here lies a poor woman who always was tired, for she lived in a place where help wasn't hired. Her last words on earth were, Dear friends, I am going, where washing ain't done, nor sweeping, nor sewing. And everything there is exact to my wishes. For where they don't eat, there's no washing of dishes. Don't weep for me now, don't weep for me ever. I'm going to do nothing forever and ever. There was a tired housewife, a tired mom, a tired woman who was just looking forward to doing absolutely nothing forever and ever. So my, my question to you this morning: is heaven going to be us just sitting around on a cloud strumming a harp, doing nothing forever and ever? And won't that get old after a few hundred years? This might be a good time to ask you, how's your quarantine going right now, huh? How'd you like to do that forever and ever and ever? In an episode of Star Trek, which some of you kids won't remember, because Star Trek predates Star Wars uh, in a whole different era, uh, the next generation, uh, a member of the undying Q continuum longs for an end to his existence. Why is that? Because he complains. Everything that could be said and done has already been said and done, and now there's only repetition and utter boredom. And he says, for us, the disease is immortality. Isn't that amazing? Well, some people think heaven's going to be kind of like a disease because it's going to be so boring. Gary Larson, one of my favorite cartoonists in The Far Side several years ago, showed a man with angel wings and a halo sitting on a cloud, doing nothing with no one nearby. The caption read, I wish I'd have brought a magazine. So a boring place. David Lloyd George said, When I was a boy, the thought of heaven used to frighten me more than the thought of hell. I pictured heaven as a place where time would be perpetual Sundays with perpetual services from which there would be no escape. Now, be honest. Some of you feel what he's talking about, don't you? Huh? Is that really, though, an accurate description of heaven? By way of contrast, here's what Charles Spurgeon said. Charles Spurgeon, a famous Christian orator and pastor, contemporary of, of our own Mark Twain, said this, to come to thee is to come home from exile. How many of you are old enough to remember when our POWs came home from Vietnam and when they would come off those planes and, and some of them would walk down normally, others had to be carried down and helped down and they would get down on the tarmac. Some of them would, would lay down face first and kiss the ground because they were brought back home from the POW camps. So he said, Charles Spurgeon said, to come to thee is to come home from exile. To come to land is to come out of the raging sea. To come to rest after long labor. To come to the goal of my desires and the summit of my wishes. What a contrast he had to say about what heaven is going to be like. Some foolishly say, I would rather be in hell with my friends having a good time than in heaven doing nothing forever and ever. What a foolish thing to say. Let me share five reasons with you this morning why I believe heaven will not be boring. First of all, and most of all, heaven is not going to be boring because God is not a boring God. In Psalm 1611, you will show me the way of life, granting me the joy of your presence and the pleasure of living with you forever. The Bible says his ways are so much above ours. His thoughts are so much above ours. Our minds perhaps can't even Imagine what it's going to be like to to be in eternity uh, and, and what we would do for eternity. And yet he's got it all mapped out. He's got it all planned out. He who created the heavens to begin with and created us to be there with him will have a plan for us. I can stake my life on that, my eternal life on that. And I have. Second Corinthians 12, three and four says, and I knew such a man, whether in the body or out of the body, I cannot tell God knows. And I believe Paul's talking about himself. He said, whether I was in a trance, whether I'd actually died and come back to life, I don't really know, but how that he was caught up into paradise and heard unspeakable words. What do you think that means? Unspeakable words. It means there are not enough words to describe what I was seeing, and it was not lawful or possible for me to utter what I saw. That's what he's saying there. It was so unimaginably, incredibly wonderful. The words I have fail me, Paul said. Think about this. The God who created the birds of the air, the fish of the every snowflake that falls is different from every other multiplied trillions of snowflakes that have ever fallen. Every sunset is unique. My wife loves sunsets, and she goes out frequently and takes pictures of sunsets out our back door, and and they're amazing. Some of them are absolutely breathtaking. None of them none of them are are absolutely alike. No two people are are just alike. Uh, there was a, a guy that attended the Bible college I attended. Uh, Larry Pondoff was his name, and 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 he he and I kind of looked alike. Someone would call me by his name every once in a while. And and I believe he told me someone called him by my name one time, but we weren't anything alike, really. Our fingerprints, all the fingerprints of the seven-plus billion people in the world are all different. Our retina scans are completely different. We are truly one of a kind. All of us are one of a kind. We are unique. God knit us together in our mother's womb and gave us characteristics so different from everybody else. Think about the animal world. My wife also loves fish. Tropical fish are amazing. And when when we go to Hawaii uh, and and feed fish, all these these parrot fish come up and and tangs. And uh, I don't know. She knows all the names to all of them. But the beautiful colors and, and incredible sea life, incredible fish all of the birds with all their plumage and the different colors of feathers and the sizes and all, all the beasts and the incredible differences across the spectrum of uh, of the animal kingdom, our God is a God of infinite creation, infinite design, infinite purpose. God is not boring. There's not a boring thing about Him. He made our taste buds. <laughs> I, I was. I had some juice this morning, and, and it was super sour. I, I like sour tastes, but this one made my face kind of uh, screw up a little bit. Uh, but he, he gave us the ability to taste sweet, taste sour, to taste the uh, hot peppers and, and all of the things in between. He gave us that. He gave us adrenaline. Do you realize that? God built into our systems adrenaline, uh, which, which have incredible, it has an incredible uh, power and quality to it, uh, whether it's fight or flight or whatever it is, or a thrill-seeking, the adrenaline was put there by him. The joy of sexual intimacy, God gave that to us. Uh, Sexual intimacy between a man and his wife and, 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 and a wife and her husband is not dirty. It's not a bad thing. It's something that God gave us. Every pleasure that we know, every thrill that we can have, The idea of exploration, wanting to go into outer space, wanting to go deep into a cavern or a cave, and all of us that. He gave us imagination. He gave us capacity for excitement. Do you think those things were our ideas? Who was it who gave Bach life? Beethoven, Mozart, Weiland, Da Vinci, Einstein, Washington, Lincoln, Twain, Uh, I mean, who who is it who gave all these people? Who created music and art and athletics? God did. God created us to have company with him. Imagine what it would be like to hang around with the most famous people that that you really look up to. Uh, Imagine what it would be like to hang around for a while with, I don't know, pick somebody. I'll, I'll pick Johnny Cash. I like Johnny Cash. I always have liked Johnny Cash. Since I was a kid, a young teenager, I've liked Johnny Cash. And, and wouldn't it have been amazing to be able to hang around with him uh, just a little bit and talk to him and find out a little bit about how what made him tick, and, uh, and that would be amazing. Or maybe some scientist, or maybe you'd choose some... Artist or some uh some politician yeah I don't know that you want to hang around with the politician I understand okay, somebody though you you would pick somebody you would really want to hang out with and be around and, and guess what? we get to hang out with the one who created them all. we get to hang out with God almighty, the omniscient one, the omnipresent one, we get to hang out with him so I submit to you, if that's the only reason, heaven is not going to be boring because God is not boring. Secondly, heaven will not be boring because you are not going to be boring. Now you might be now, I don't know, but you're not going to be then Philippians 3.20 says, we are citizens of heaven where the Lord Jesus Christ lives, and we are eagerly, eagerly waiting for him to return as our Savior, and we are. I I pray on the way here. I said, Pat, man, I hope the Lord comes back soon. Uh, He will take these weak, mortal bodies of ours and change them into glorious bodies like his own, using the same mighty power that he will use to conquer everything, everywhere. We are going to be changed. We are not. You know what? My wife and I, during this this, uh, stay-at-home thing, we're kind of like, wow, this is not so bad. You know, we don't have to do anything. We get up, we eat, we hang around, we eat some more, we hang around some more. Maybe I take a nap, we eat some more, I walk the dogs, we watch TV, and I go to bed and sleep some more. I said, it's like, Hey, this is okay. (laughs) It's not so bad. Uh, But we're we're not going to be that boring one day. We're going to be exciting. We're going to want to do things again because we're going to full secret. God has revealed to us, and this is exciting, not all of us will die, but we will all be transformed. We're all going to be changed. It will happen in a moment in the blinking of an eye when the last trumpet is blown. For when the trumpet sounds, the Christians who have died will be raised with transformed bodies then we who are living will be transformed so that we will never die, for our perishable earthly bodies must be transformed into heavenly bodies that will never die. We're not going to be boring in heaven. We're going to be in these incredible bodies uh, that are going to be uh, around forever and never wear out, never get tired, never catch coronaviruses, uh, COVID-19, 20, 21, 28, none of them are going to have an effect on us. Will we have fun in heaven? I believe so, and we're going to be changed. We're, we get In this life, we kind of get down on ourselves sometimes, don't we? I was coming over the bridge today to Coronado once again, and so many times when I come across that bridge, I think about people who come to such a tragic end on that bridge because they become so despondent, depressed, discouraged, down on themselves, thinking that nothing's ever going to be right in their lives, and they wind up taking their own lives that's not going to happen in heaven. We fail here. We disappoint ourselves and others here. We know defeat. We sin in this life. And sometimes we are boring, but that's going to all be changed. In Revelation eight twenty nine. for God knew his people in advance, and he chose them to become like his son so that his son would be the firstborn with many brothers and sisters. We're going to be like his son. Do you think Jesus is boring? I mean he went around healing people. I mean there was there were people who were blind and he would heal them. They could see again or see for the first time. He would heal those that are lame, they could walk, they could take up their bed and walk on home. He was able to raise the dead. That's not too boring. That's pretty cool. We're gonna be like him. He was able to feed 5,000 with just a a couple of fish and and, and a few loaves of bread, and again, 4,000 later on, and have leftovers. (laughs) We like leftovers, by the way. Yeah. So he had lots of leftovers. Good stuff. Not going to be boring, folks. We will be, I think, we'll be creative in heaven. I think maybe we'll pursue our dreams in heaven, maybe broken dreams that will be mended in heaven. Hey, you all know the name Helen Keller, right? I found an amazing quote by her. Listen to what Helen Helen Keller was blind and mute at birth, and and her story is an incredible story uh, 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 on so many levels. But here's a quote from her. For three things I thank God every day of my life. First of all, thanks that he has vouched that he's let me know about his works and, and how wonderful his works are. Secondly, deep thanks that he has set in my darkness the lamp, Faith. Thirdly, deep, deepest thanks. I love the way she says that. Thanks, first of all, for the knowledge of His works. Deep thanks that He has set in my darkness the lamp of faith. Deep, deepest thanks. Listen, that I have another life to look forward to. A life joyous with light and flowers and heavenly song. Here, was a lady who had no sight, had no ability to speak early on, deaf, uh, deaf, mute, everything. And God reached her through a caretaker and gave her the, sal- the plan of salvation, and she responded, and by faith she knew she was going to be in a, in a place called heaven one day. My good friend Tim Lee, who's preached here, uh, preaches uh, to all over the country and all over the world, really uh, amazing, amazing evangelist whom God has greatly used. I was talking one day to a guy, and Tim Lee lost both of his legs in uh, stepping on a mine in Vietnam back in the uh, early 70s. And since then, he's, he, nothing stops him. He goes hunting, he goes traveling, he, he does whatever anybody else does. But, but he was talking to some guy one day, this has been decades ago, and the guy said, well, uh, Tim Lee, you know, at least praise the Lord. One of these days when you get to heaven, you're going to have a solid gold wheelchair, Tim Tim Lee said, are you crazy? He said, I'm not going to have a solid gold wheelchair. I'm going to have my legs back. They're already up there waiting for me. So one of these days, we're going to be perfect. And we are not, so God is not boring. We're not going to be boring. And in heaven, heaven's not going to be boring because, oh, whoa, your friends aren't going to be boring. Hey, the Old Testament saints are going to be there. I'd just like to spend a few minutes with uh, Abraham or. How about Adam? How about Eve? How about David, King David? How about, uh, I mean, pick somebody. Uh, It's going to be amazing. New Testament saints are going to be there. All of them are mentioned in in the Word of God are going to be there. Multitudes of angels will be there. Uh, The ones whose names are registered in heaven, the people whose names are registered in heaven, because we talked about that last week, uh, because when we become, uh, our names are written into the Lamb's uh, book of life, then we're registered for heaven, RSVP. Hebrews 12, 22 says, No, you have come to Mount Zion, to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, and to thousands of angels in joyful assembly. You have, you have come to the assembly of God's firstborn children, whose names are written in heaven. You have come to God Himself, who is the judge of all people, and you have come to the Spirit, is going to be the most exciting place you have ever been. What is the most exciting thing you've ever done? For my 60th birthday, my son said, Dad, I want you to be ready. I'm going to take you somewhere for your birthday. I said, well, what do I need? He said, just just be ready. Wear something casual. Okay? So he picked me up, and we drove to an airport, a small airport, Brownfield, close to where we live. He said, okay, Dad, see that plane over there? A little bitty puddle jumper. We're going to get on that plane. We're going to go up to 10,000 feet. And we're going to jump out for my 60th birthday. I thought, well, you know, 60 years is a good long life. So if it, <laughs> if it all ends now, oh, well. And so we went up <clears throat> 10,000 feet. And it came time and sat on the edge of the door, feet hanging out <laughs> 10,000 feet above San Diego. <clears throat> and the guy said, okay, just roll forward. And I just rolled forward. And I'm going to tell you something. For the first 5,000 feet, it was free fall. It was the most exciting thing, probably, uh, like that, that I have ever done. What's the most exciting thing you've ever done? Because you know what I think? I think that's not even going to measure on the yardstick of the excitement we're going to have in a place called heaven. Motives will be pure. Everyone will be honest and transparent. There will be no fear. There will be no manipulation. There will be no flaws. There will be no sins. Think about uh, getting to know your favorite Bible characters Learning history from those who made it. Heaven is not going to be boring because God is not boring. Heaven's not going to be boring because you're not going to be boring, and heaven's not going to be boring because your friends are not going to be boring. They're amazing, amazing people. And even the ones you've known from here are going to be part of that group that's transformed and changed in the moment in the twinkling of an eye. Heaven will not be boring. Heaven will not be boring because our work will not be boring. Our work in heaven will not be boring. You say, work in heaven? You know what? Some people call preaching work, to me, it's like fun. I enjoy preaching. I enjoy serving people, helping people. I, 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 get, a, I get a thrill. It does more for me than it does for them to be able to help someone out. <clears throat> but heaven will not be boring because our work is not going to be boring. Work on earth is, is attached to a curse. I've been reading this week in Deuteronomy. Just read this morning, Deuteronomy chapter 28, the mount of cursing, the mount of blessing. If Israel would do uh, what God's told them to do, they would be blessed. And he goes ahead to enumerate for many, many verses all of the blessings that would be theirs if they obey God. The, the blessings and then the curses if they did not obey God. All of the bad things that would befall them as a people down to the very scattering of themselves come upon them if they did not obey God. Well, work on earth is part of the curse. We work by the sweat of our brow. There are thorns and thistles. You get blisters. You get weary. You get tired. People get injured at work. People die at work. But work in heaven is going to be amazing and wonderful. Revelation seven fifteen. this is why they're standing in the front of the throne of God, serving Him day and night in the temple, serving them day and night. Revelation 22, 3 says, no longer will anything be cursed, for the throne of God and of the Lamb will be there, and His servants will worship Him, and they will see His face, and His name will be written in their foreheads, and there will be no night there, no need for lamps or sun, for the Lord God will shine on them, and they will reign forever." and ever then the angel said to me these words are trustworthy and true the lord god who tells us prophets that what the future holds has sent his angel to tell you what will soon happen jesus himself said the master was full of praise when he said well done my good and faithful servant you have been faithful in handling the small amount So I will give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. There's joy in having responsibility and fulfilling those responsibilities in the will of God hey, the first thousand years after uh, the Lord comes back, we're going to be ruling and reigning with him. We will be part of the government. And, and, and I think other things, I think we'll practice our trades and maybe learn new trades. I believe we're going to travel. I, I believe we'll visit other planets and g- come to the, the new earth and, and, and go back to heaven and the abode of God and, 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 and out of space, maybe even wouldn't, hey, how about this? Time travel. How'd you like to go back to when uh, the Wright brothers flew their first time? How'd you like to go back to that? How'd you like to go back to some uh, historic event and and be there for that? Maybe to witness the birth of our Savior somehow, somehow. I don't know. Heaven's not boring though, I know that, because God is not boring, because you're not boring, because your friends are not going to be boring, and because our work will not be boring, and last of all, Heaven will not be boring because it is the place for which, whether you realize it or not, it is the place for which you have always longed to be in your heart. Romans eight twenty two says, for we know that all creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up to the present time. And even we Christians, although we have the Holy Spirit within us as a foretaste of future glory, also groan to be released From the pain and suffering, we too have waited anxiously for that day when God, there's a longing in our hearts for something that God has created for us that's coming in the future. It's a place for which we have always yearned, whether again, whether we realize it or not. It's called by many different names, by many different peoples. Some associate it with this old world and the government here. They, they call it a utopia. If we could just have this utopia, my mind is blown by people who who are embracing socialism. Socialism is not. Uh, it's not a biblical concept. That's a good thing. Socialism is is wrong. It, it's it's it's. God blesses people and, and wants them to have freedoms and and wants free market and, and, and capitalism and so on. I'm getting off track here, but utopia. Some people, utopia is their heaven. Some people call it a paradise and maybe don't define it beyond that. Some groups of people call it a nirvana. Others call it the happy hunting grounds. Others call it the promised land. In fact, I found out there are over, over 134 synonyms heaven. Over 134 synonyms for the place called heaven. Heaven is what we've all been looking for all of our lives but could not find on this earth. No job was really heaven, although I got to say mine's pretty close. No promotion is what we thought it would be. No car ever lives up to the hype that we play within our own hearts thinking it will provide whatever for us. No house, no toy, Brings fulfillment. No, no church even is heaven. Again, though I think ours comes close. Our people are incredible. For every desire, think about this. For every desire we have, there's a satisfaction. A baby hungers and food satisfies. A duck yearns to swim and there's water. And I have a desire that cannot be fulfilled here. I am made for another world and so are you if you're a child of God, if you're born again. In heaven, there will never be disappointment. There'll never be failure. There'll never be a lack of satisfaction. You want to sing in heaven? Guess what? We're going to be able to sing. You want to you, you tell stories in heaven? You want to be involved in drama in heaven? You want entertainment? You want laughter? You want playing? You want sports? You want thrills? Without risks, I believe those, we'll have those in heaven. There's only one problem with heaven. Only one problem, and that is it's not for everyone. 2 Thessalonians 1, 7, 8, and 9 says, God will provide rest for you who are being pursued in flaming fire, bringing judgment on those who don't know God and on those who refuse to obey the good news of the Lord Jesus. They will be punished with everlasting destruction, forever separated from the Lord and from his glorious power. Heaven's not for everyone. It's only for those who receive this incredible gift of eternal salvation that God has offered every single one of us through the person of his son. I said earlier in the service, hell will not be boring either. But that's another story entirely. What I want you to do now is to get ready for heaven. If you're not ready, we can help you do that. And I'd ask you to do this. Would you bow your heads? And would you pray to the Lord something like this? Dear God, I know that I'm a sinner. I know I have failed so many times. I know I've disobeyed you innumerable times. And I know I'm going to die one day. It may not be right now. It may be. We don't know. Father, I know I'll stand before you one day. I believe by grace through faith that Jesus is your son, that he was born in Bethlehem of Judea. I believe that he lived a perfect life and died a vicarious death on the cross. I believe he was buried in a borrowed tomb. And I believe that three days later, he rose from the dead like he said he would. And I believe that you've made a promise that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And so I call upon your name right now, God. Forgive me of my sins. Come into my life. Be my Lord, my master, my savior, my God. I trust you now for eternal life. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. If you prayed that prayer in sincerity, if you mean that you believe that you're a sinner, you believe you're going to die, you believe that Christ died for you, you believe that if you ask him, he'll be your savior. And if you've asked him to be your savior, then he's come into your life. He'll make you a new creature altogether, a new creation. And one day he'll take you to an amazing place called heaven. If we can help you in any way, please let us know. If you made that commitment to Christ, would you, would you drop us a note, let us know, or send an email, or just make a comment on, online here, or whatever you'd like to do, but if you'd like one of our books, Because I'm Saved, to get you started in your new life, we'll send that. Just want to get that into your hands. So may God richly bless you. Next week, Lord Willow, will be preaching on ultimate makeovers, the new heaven and the new earth. It's going to be entirely different from what it is right now, folks. No COVID-19 in the new heavens and the new earth. May God bless you, keep you safe, and keep you well.
2: Take every treasure, take this life All that I am for all that you are
1: Thank you so much for joining us this Sunday. I hope that you have been blessed this morning by a pastor's words, by the word of our Lord. Um, please continue to be in prayer for our country, for our city, for each other. Reach out to those as you can, and we hope to join you next week right here on Facebook. Be in your word, everybody, and uh, we love you. pretty fun. That was good. Uh, by the way, we did not practice that.
0: That was great. <laughs> <laughs> I did better than the ones we did practice. I know, I know. <laughs> it's like, oh gosh. my gosh. Why? <laughs> oh, great job, guys. Hi, Chris. Thank you. See you, Chris. See
3: you at Bernie. I could not figure out the harmony on Victory and Jesus. I was
1: like, oh my gosh. And then, like, I didn't kept didn't hitting the wrong.
0: I started laughing in the middle of it, and then I was like, that's just not, yeah, not good, like, oh, this isn't happening. Well, and then during the repeats melody. on Blood of Jesus, like, I would do the repeat, but I'd mess up my rhythm, and I was like, oh, no, I didn't oh, notice that, no. so that's
1: good, I didn't notice that,
0: oh. I did, oh I did goodness. notice it, oh my goodness. and then I, because I was focusing on the rhythm, I was out of tune, and I was like, this is... Overwhelmed. I don't know why.
3: I just like it was just a little. Maybe it was just me. I think it was just me.
1: Yeah. Okay. I think it's just me then, because I'm just like I'm. I'm off. I'm off today. <laughs>